welcome. Legally Brief presents Changing Our Institutions. I'm your host, Judy Saunders. I'm a lawyer who works with private and public companies, educational institutions, and sports organizations to identify root causes, confront historic failures, and boldly implement change to our institutions. This podcast is for corporate change agents, disruptors, and mindset mavericks who are committed to making our institutions work better for themselves and the next generation. I want to remind you that while I hope you enjoy every episode in the series that we're doing on changing our institutions, the content of this programming is not a substitute for speaking directly with an attorney who understands your unique circumstances. If you're looking for past episodes or information, please head on over to my website. There you'll find information and you can sign up for newsletters and you can learn more about me and my practice. I'm glad you're here. Let's get ready and let's talk and make some changes. Hello and welcome back to our series on internal investigations. This episode, we're going to focus on retaliation, how it shows up in the workplace, the liability that it exposes employers to, the harm that it does to the entire workplace, to the employees, and recommendations that internal investigators can incorporate into the reports that they make. So this episode, let's focus on a case that I learned of, and it had to do with the restaurant chain, the fast food restaurant chain called Bojangles. Some of you may know that I spent a significant portion of my early childhood in the South, in the Southern part of the United States, the heart of Dixie in Alabama, to be exact. And I remember this restaurant chain, Bojangles. I have not, I've never seen it in the, I didn't look it up to see if they have locations, but I'm pretty sure they don't have locations in the New York, New Jersey area. If I'm wrong, I'm sure reach out to me and let me know. I want to give them their accurate due, so to speak. So this case involving Bojangles had to do with one of the locations in North Carolina. And it's alleged, according to the EEOC, that a female employee was subjected to a sexually hostile work environment. And then on top of that, the separate charge of retaliation after she complained about this environment. So according to the lawsuit, a a female team member at Bojangles was sexually harassed for a little over a few months, and this took place in 2020. Their allegations consist of that during that time period in 2020, a restaurant manager made several, made numerous sexual remarks to the employee, inappropriately touched and grabbed the employee, and also that when the employee complained about the manager's conduct, the retaliatory acts of denying her an opportunity to participate in management training, and also that she was transferred to a different location. These acts of the sexual harassment and also the retaliation 
are in violation of Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits, we know, the sexual harassment in a workplace and also prohibits retaliatory actions against employees who oppose sexual harassment. So this is one case where we see that the environment, the underlying act of the inappropriate touching, the comment were one violation. But as we see, by keeping this employee out of participating in management training programs, so the ability to progress or advance in the job, and then also transferring the employee to a different location can be the basis of and construed as retaliation. Now, I don't know, maybe this employer, maybe the management at this Bojangles restaurant thought that they were, you know, taking correct actions by transferring this employee. I don't know, but you have to be careful speaking to, you know, those that are listening that are in that position, HR or in management and house counsel. You have to be careful the acts that are taken, you know, after someone alleges or comes to and complains of sexual harassment, a hostile work and sexually hostile work environment. When we focus specifically about the actions that were taken next, the transferring of the employee and keeping isolating and keeping her out of training programs, those are considered to be, at least in this case, for purposes of this discussion, as retaliation. And the EEOC reports that retaliation is the most frequently alleged basis of discrimination in the federal sector and the most common discrimination finding in these cases. The law prohibits punishing both job applicants or employees for asserting their rights to be free from employment discrimination, and that includes harassment. The EEOC says that, you know, when you're complaining, when you're reporting discrimination, when you're engaging in and those, those two are examples of protected activity that an employer's managers, HR, you have to be careful about the subsequent acts that you take. So for example, you have to be careful when and ensure that you don't take retaliatory acts if an individual is filing a complaint with the EEOC, whether there's an investigation going on, an investigation has been launched, you become upset by that investigation or a lawsuit's been filed. That is the time when you must be careful, remaining neutral, understanding that any acts or reactions that you take can be seen as retaliation. So this lawsuit, when we talk about moving on to our second topic that we were discussing, the liability that this causes to employers, the immediate liability could subject you to civil litigation. It could subject you to complaints filed with the EEOC. And that results can result in fines. It also subjects the workplace to a diminished morale, workers not cooperating. You don't want that. That disturbs business. That disturbs profit and the bottom line. The leaving, the quitting of employees, you have to, other than just looking at that, you know, the impact that it has on that employee, you also have to think about the retraining and the expense made to locate, to advertise, to hire 
new employees. So those are just some of the impacts that retaliation will have on the workplace. When you're investigating this, so a complaint's been filed, there's been allegations of retaliation, you're writing your report, you've had your investigation, you reviewed. Let's, you know, skip ahead now to in drafting that report and thinking about some recommendations that can be made to prevent this from happening to you're going to speak with the client now. How do we make our in workplaces, the people that we work for, clients we hire, how do we recommend that they avoid retaliation? So ensure that the employer, that these businesses, that they understand, first of all, what retaliation looks like and that it's illegal and that it violates federal, state, and many times local laws. It will show up when it's seen as punishing applicants, employees, or former employees who have filed a complaint of discrimination with the business. Maybe there's a charge of a violation of a federal state law. Maybe the employee is participating in an investigation or a lawsuit serving as a witness. The first thing that you would recommend is that the manager, the supervisors, the HR, whomever you're working with and making these recommendations to, that they understand that on reading these accusations, they will, those individuals or whomever is the target of the investigation, will become offended, frustrated, and want to react. So understanding that first, many times I find that by understanding the most rudimentary reactions on a human level, it will then allow us in a professional setting to be more objective. So understanding that that accusation, that finger being pointed at you, it's no different from having the finger pointed at you when you were a child on the playground or you get called to the principal's office. You're on high alert. I guess psychologists refer to it as those responses as fight, fight, or freeze. So in a professional setting, when you must comply with federal law, with state law, you have to be aware of those responses. And you, you absolutely are prohibited from fighting, fighting in the form of retaliation. Retaliation will look like you're so frustrated that you then begin to treat the employee differently. So in the case of Bojangles, the allegations are that the employee was, did not and was denied the opportunity to participate in management training. So that employee couldn't advance their career. The employee was transferred to a different location. Those are actions that will subject you to allegations or a complaint of retaliation. Instead, recommend that employees are treated as if they never reported the discrimination. And I'm taking this from preventions that are recommended by the EEOC. So assisting and then actually being proactive and cooperative and assisting with discrimination investigations or a lawsuit. So don't act in opposition. Be aware that while frustrating, while you may be offended, it's your duty to be professional and to participate. You must also, and it's recommended, to treat employees consistently. So an employee, let's put this in a hypothetical. 
employee has filed a complaint for sexual harassment, and now there's some type of employment decision. Maybe there's a restructuring. Maybe there's a departmental restructuring or company-wide. Before making any type of employment decision that could negatively impact the employee, ensure that there's consistency with past practices and that you can justify, if needed, the reasons why that employee was treated differently. So have that in place already. The, what is the criteria? What is the matrix? You know, that's something that you may suggest in those recommendations that you're making as an internal investigator. Next, explain your rules and expectations to employees. So these are part of preventive measures that can be recommended going further. So ensure that all team members, all employees understand the company's discrimination policies. The trainings and educational piece is very important. On the last episode, we talked about implicit bias, how to become aware of that, how they show up and when you're conducting an internal investigation and why it's important educational. I also talked about that. I think I'm getting the episodes confused. Last week, we did talk about implicit bias, but go back and listen to the previous episode, especially if you're in the healthcare industry where we talked about setting up a system and part of that system that we use when we're thinking about the process and how to comply with law, how to have fair and impartial, you think about the educational piece and the training. So coming back now to recommendations that are made to prevent retaliation, establish an open door policy. And what that means is that you're encouraging employees to share their concerns about discrimination and harassment. You want to know about these things. This is part of a process that you have in place that quickly, efficiently, confidentially identifies harassment, discrimination, and other violations of the law. And importantly, another recommendation, another process and system that you recommend that your client, that employers have in place is to hold employees accountable, ensuring that employee policies are followed and that they are consistently enforced, regardless of stature, title, whether it's an authority figure, a manager, a supervisor, or whether it's a new employee or what we sometimes I refer to as a line assistant. That was a term that was used when I was in the prosecutor's office and you were new, you were a line assistant. So and regardless of who the person is within the entity, within the organization, you're enforcing these policies consistently. That's the most effective way to prevent what could turn into a allegation of retaliation. So that's a little bit on the discussion that I wanted to bring to you when we talk about retaliation, how it shows up in the workplace, the type of liability that will it expose employers to, the impact that it has on workplaces, and finally, the recommendations that we can make as internal investigators to our clients to prevent future acts of retaliation. I hope you enjoyed this. Don't forget to engage with me to leave a comment on on Apple. I love reading your comments. And until next time, be well.
All information and content in this podcast is provided for entertainment purposes only. Nothing in this podcast shall constitute legal advice and shall not create an attorney-client relationship. This information is general and may not be applicable to your particular circumstances. You should review your particular circumstances with an attorney. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast is hereby expressly disclaimed.